Good m- are we on? Yes. Good morning, Emmaus. How are you? Good morning. Happy Father's Day. We have wonderful Minnesota weather today, so that's something to be excited about. If you have outdoor plans, make sure to stay hydrated. I think that's, uh, that's some wisdom there. My name is Trevor Rubenstein. Uh, many of you know me. I'm with an organization called uh, Good News for Israel, which is the Minnesota branch of a, of a group called Chosen People Ministries. We are the oldest organization in America to reach Jewish people with the gospel of Jesus. I happen to be the Minnesota branch director. I'm blessed to be here. And, uh, and you guys have been a supporter of our organization for as long as we can remember. Actually, uh, we used to office in this very church for many years. So it's, you guys have always really been a blessing for us and for the work that we're doing. And some wonderful news, I'm just going to share this first before we get into anything a little deeper, is, uh, well, how could you get deeper than this? In recent polling information, uh, there, Jewish people are coming to faith in Jesus in this country in rapid record numbers right now. Amen. Amen. So much so that there's a Pew Research poll in 2020 that found that almost 20% of the American Jewish population now considers themselves Christian. This is double the amount of Jewish people that consider themselves orthodox or very religious in their own, within rabbinical Judaism. So this is uh, phenomenal. And we're seeing the effects of it here locally. I'm actually asking for help from our, from our main office in New York uh, because I can't handle all the numbers that we have recently. So, so praise God. And thank you guys so much for your prayers and your support. Please continue to do so. If anyone wants to know more about the organization, uh, there are brochures that are on the uh, information table out there and you can grab one of these and it gives uh, wonderful information about us. There's a beautiful picture of my family, although my poor daughter, she was sick this day, so don't judge her appearance based on this. But, uh, but, uh, but any, anyway, so um, she's a beautiful young lady. So, so anyway, uh, it's uh, really a blessing to be here. Uh, just to give you a little background about myself before we get into the message, uh, my name, again, was, is being Trevor Rubenstein. If you can't tell by that, I am of Jewish ancestry. And so I, uh, I really have a blessing in my ancestry, but also a particular abundant blessing because I also have Norwegian in me, just so you guys know. Yes. It's good to be home. Just, to, just so, to give a little explanation. But anyway, so I was born in uh, Virginia, Minnesota. Um, we moved to Colorado area when I was a young individual. I was uh, probably, I, I had a wonderful father. I had a lot of problems with him, mostly because of how rebellious I was. I was uh, mostly an unprescribed pharmaceutical test engineer through most of my youth, um, which led to some destructive behavior. And uh, my poor parents, while they tried to keep me straight, and I found them as being my enemy, but really understanding now that they had my best interests at heart, I really struggled. Uh, But eventually, when I got into a local community college, I was duped into a Bible study in which uh, they had me read uh, the parable of the prodigal son, the story of a of a of a son who actually uh, come he leaves his father's home he squanders his father's inheritance he comes back to his father's home and his father embraces him and takes him back in it's a beautiful story and really that led to my coming to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior now some 30 years ago wow I'm getting old so um, 
So praise God, and my goal and my focus has been reaching Jewish people with the gospel ever since, and I'm blessed to be able to do that here in Minnesota, and thankful again for your support. So let's pray, and then we're going to get into the word. We're going to look at a holiday that happened just a few weeks ago, the holiday that we call Pentecost. Uh, It's also known as the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, for the Jewish people. And we're going to parallel two different sections of this holiday that occurs on the same calendar day, because there are events that occur at the time of Moses, that correlate exactly with the events that occur when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit upon the church, the birth of the church that we celebrated a few weeks ago. So we will look into that. But first, let's pray. Our Father, our King, our Lord, we thank you, God, and we praise you, Lord, for your kindness, for your mercy, Father, for your generosity in giving us the greatest gift any father has ever given, which is your own Son. And so, God, we ask, Father, that you move in our hearts, that you help strengthen our faith, God. Father, that you draw us closer to you today, God. Father, that you help uh, really even deepen our understanding of your word, Father, an understanding, Father, that goes beyond simply a story, but instead has thousands of years of prophetic history that all pointed forward to what this one event in which you were going to do through your son's death and resurrection and the coming of your spirit. God, we love you so much. We owe you everything. We praise you in your son's name, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, amen. So at the time where Jesus is uh, walking with his disciples after he died and he rose again from the dead, in the book of Acts, his disciples start to ask him a question. And they ask him this question. It says in, in verse 1 of Acts chapter, I think we're in the wrong section there, aren't we? Is that X4? Yeah, that's wrong. We're supposed to be in Acts chapter 1 is where we're starting. Let's see if we can get it straightened out. Technical problems. I'm used to this. That was my formative career was actually in IT, and it's been trying to get revenge on me ever since I left. (laughs) Hey, look at that. We have some experts back there. By the way, they did an amazing job earlier, and thank you again for fixing that. I appreciate that. You guys got a great team back there. So it says in the um, Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, is where we should be. There we go. So, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you heard from me. So what happens is Jesus is about to ascend. The people of Israel, they ask him, when are you going to establish the king, your kingdom? And he tells them to sit here and to wait. This is actually the very message that my wife came to faith in Jesus through, was through waiting. Isn't that interesting? Waiting is very important for the Lord. Does anyone here have a little problem with patience, maybe? Yeah. That doesn't go well biblically, by the way. But our Lord is, is kind and forgiving. And this is actually correlating to a time then Jesus ascends into heaven, and this is the same proximate time, at least, in which Moses, when he brought the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land, not Norway, but brought them into the Promised Land of Israel, and he, on his way there, he went up to Mount Sinai, and he was receiving the law from God, but the people of Israel weren't going to do what Jesus' disciples were going to do. He, they weren't going to wait. 
Let's see if we can find out where we are here. I'm going to go through this. I have no idea what's going on with the slides at the moment. Okay. Where we want to be is, is Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. There we go. And this is what it says. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So as opposed to being patient as the disciples were when they waited for God to do his work in Jerusalem, the people of Israel saw Moses leave and they said, well, he's been gone for a long time, we've got to do something. And this again is kind of a lesson in impatience. So what they did instead of seeking God, they decided to make their own God, something tangible, something controllable, and they made a golden calf. And in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and going through verse 4, this is what it states, then when the day of Pentecost, this is the feast of Shavuot, it's when the people of Israel celebrate Moses coming down with the law, arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so what's happening at this point in time during this feast is God is now opening up communication. You see, the sound from heaven comes down to earth. It sounds like a mighty rushing wind. And then the people are empowered with this tongues in order to then communicate back to God. So you see this vertical communication going from man to God and from God to man. All of a sudden, this new connection is made because historically, God only spoke through His specific prophets. He only spoke through individuals. But now, all of a sudden, this was being opened up to so many at this one point in one time in communication. And on this approximate same date, this is what happens. When Moses received the law, he had left some of his people, Joshua and some of the other followers of our Lord, uh, some of the other people of Israel. And then he came down and he met up with Joshua and they too hear a sound when he comes down. Listen to what it says. It says, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it's not the sound of the shouting for victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot. And he threw the tablets out of of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain." So what at the same time to where we see God opening up this the same time of year different years of course about 2000 or about 1500 years apart but but what happened was at the exact same day in which God is opening up communication from God to man and man to God is the same time that the people of Israel decided we're going to talk to this thing this idol so instead of communicating 
horizontally in prayer and supplication and seeking God and seeking the things of God, they're connecting vertically. You see, idolatry is a way of worship in which we can control our own God. Where God is under our supervision, where we can instruct God, where God will do what we want, instead of looking towards the kingdom of heaven, we look towards the things of the earth. And this is something that we see done quite regularly, unfortunately, when people manufacture their own God. When they decide that they know better, when they decide that, well, that was those old authors, but we know better. We can make our own God today. Sometimes we even elevate ourselves to God, but this is a very, dis- a very clear distinction between these different times. In Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 39, Peter starts to share with the people of Israel about what has happened as they came to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast in which Moses brought down the law. And he said this to the people, he said, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles' brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone who the Lord your God calls to himself. You see, this is the day, the date, in which the immigration office to the kingdom of of heaven opened up. It's really what this is. Where all of a sudden people can register themselves for becoming citizens of God's kingdom. And he did this through the Spirit, but something that is unique about this type of immigration, not necessarily completely unique, but different, is some nations allow for dual citizenship. You see, if I wanted to be both an Israeli and an American citizen, that's possible to get dual citizenship where both will recognize. I have a good friend who was, a, who was from South Korea who wanted his American citizenship and he had to forego his Korean citizenship in order to become an American citizen. So some countries we don't have dual citizenship with and the kingdom of heaven does not allow dual citizenship. They don't. Because you can't be both part of this kingdom and his kingdom. And this is what's happening here where he's telling the people to repent. Telling God that, Lord, forgive me. I don't want the things of this world. I want you. I want your kingdom. Has anyone here ever noticed that nations of this world seem to kind of falter and eventually fall apart. Anyone ever notice that? Anyone ever take a history lesson or something? It doesn't seem to last. Because when God's not in control, things are temporal. Even our lives are temporal without God. But with Him, He gives us an opportunity to become citizens of this eternal kingdom that will never falter, that will never fall, and we too will live there eternally if we believe in Jesus' death for our sins and His resurrection for our eternal life, if we put our faith in Him, we can be part of that kingdom. And that's what was being established on that very day. 
And Peter goes on and he says this, And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This number is very significant. Remember this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done throughout the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all peoples and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Has anyone here ever been associated with or seen an immigrant community, really been closely associated? Anybody ever done that? A couple people maybe. So immigrant communities generally, they don't just come in to an area where there's nobody like them. Often they congregate and they come together in a place to where a lot of people are like them. So that they have similar language, similar ways of communicating, similar uh, concepts of what they should be doing, how they should raise their families, you know, ideas of how we should, how we should uh, treat one another, these type of things that might be fairly unique to our own uh, community of where we come from. The people of God, the, from the kingdom of God, they recognized that they were different than the people of this world, and so they wanted to really be united together. You see, one of the things that God did with this is he opened up a new family, a people group united under him, his father. And this is what occurs at this point in time. But similar to this, in different areas where I'll travel and I'll speak in some small towns in different parts of Minnesota, there might be three Lutheran church, all of the same synod, but the distinction is that one was the Norwegian, one was the Swedish, and one was the German because they really associated with one another because they recognized each other as similar language, similar being. And this is exactly what happened at this date is where the people recognized we are all united under Christ and this world is different. This is not our home. We're sojourners here. We're travelers. We're actually emissaries for God's kingdom. Foreign emissaries telling people that they can be part of this eternal kingdom too and sharing the gospel with them. What a wonderful gift and calling that we have. But remember the number that I told you, because at this same time in Exodus chapter 32, the same date, this is what it says happened. It says, Then Moses stood at the, in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side come to me? Because when he came down and he saw the people worshiping the golden calf, the very first two commandments are to not have any other gods and to not make any molded images and worship them. And that's exactly what they did. And it says, And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp. Each of you kill his brother 
and, sorry, his companion, his neighbor, sorry. It just looked funny on the screen. And, and the sons of Levi did according to all the words of Moses, and that day about 3,000 people fell. That interesting. So we have on the exact same calendar day that God offers eternal life through his son, through the death and resurrection of Jesus and our faith in him. He offers eternal life to 3,000 people receive that gift of eternal life. This is the exact same calendar day that 3,000 people died because they fell short of God's righteousness and his law. You see, you have two different paths to go in life. You can either... Follow Jesus, in which case you can be forgiven of your sins and accepted into his kingdom and he can offer you eternal life. Or you can try to earn your way into eternity by your own righteousness, not his, in which case it only leads to death. Those are the choices. And we see this parallel on that same calendar day. In Acts chapter 2, he goes on and says this as he's profiting Peter, as he's, as he's uh, quoting from the prophet Joel. He says this, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody. Everybody. Look what happens eventually as they notice what was promised here. This is in Acts chapter 10. And it says, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, the non-people of Israel. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing from these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then he asked him to remain for some days. You see, this gift that they couldn't have conceived was going to go to the nations, the pagan Gentile nations, all of a sudden God was inviting everybody in. Isn't that cool? Everyone was invited. God says, you can be a citizen and everybody's invited. All you have to do is trust in me. And he allowed that to come out and for everyone to be able to, to join that. Fascinating. Think about this. Jews and Gentiles united in one. Brothers and sisters under the same father. All people. God truly bringing peace to humanity. The only time that you really see incredibly peaceful interaction amongst warring groups is when they both come to know Jesus. You see, he died for us. So how can we hold a grudge against anyone else? Because I deserve death. And this becomes a beautiful picture and image for what he offers us. Our Lord, the Lord of peace and the Lord of really communing and bringing us together. Look at what Paul, so look at what it says about the Holy Spirit. Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip that. What, what, Peter, what Paul says twice in both Ephesians chapter 1 and in, just for time's sake, and in, uh, and in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is that the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon us, that that's our seal to his kingdom. That's our seal to him. Right? And then in Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about this reconciliation. Look at how he states this. It's so beautiful. Therefore, remember... 
that at any one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, what is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were not at that time separated from Christ. You were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in, uh, in ordinances that we excuse me, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. And so we become united, the two of us in one, and then listen to what he goes on and says here. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those that were not near. And then it says, and so through him we both have access to the, whole, to the Spirit of the Father. Everybody, united as family, the family of our Lord. What a blessing. And everybody has a chance. All you have to do is believe and trust in Jesus. If anybody here has not committed their lives to the Lord, please Talk to Pastor Kevin. Talk to one of the elders here at the church. They would love to talk to you. And they would love to share this amazing hope. The hope that goes beyond the things that we fall, see fall in this world, but instead is established in something eternal that doesn't pass away. And if you think there is no proof, oh, there's proof. Oh, there's evidence. Even just simply what he's done in us. But going beyond that, when we look into it, it's abundant. Please, please talk to your pastor. Let's pray. Our Lord, our King, we thank you, God, and we praise you. Father, we're so, so grateful for what you did for us. And Lord, we have a greater understanding now, God, because of what you did for us, what a good father is. A good father sacrifices. A good father loves, Father, without taking away love because of our inaction. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the father that I could never have and the father I could never be. You gave me a wonderful father, but you're better. Father, remind all of us who are fathers to do the best thing that we can and that's pointing other people to their heavenly father. God, we ask that you move powerfully in us. Father, that you continue to encourage us, strengthen us. And Lord, that you use this message, Father, in our hearts, God, to be able to share your truth with others. We love you so much, and we praise you. In the name of your Son, Jesus the Messiah, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen.